Welcome to the next episode of Reversing Course, the golf course restoration at Wakanda Club. I'm Rianne Kinney. I'm the general manager here at Wakanda. I have here with me Dane Wilson, our golf course superintendent, Aaron Kruger, our director of golf, and a special guest, uh, golf course architect, Tyler Ray. Gentlemen. Morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Well, we are one more week in to the project. A lot happened this week. A lot of progress. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty early on in the week. I mean, we're doing this a little bit earlier so we could get Tyler on here, but um, thus far, even just Monday and Tuesday, I mean, we got our pump station in on Monday. Got most of the hookups. We'll try to finish that today. We do have some rain coming in, so we'll just need to evaluate what we're able to do thereafter. But um, we got drainage in a good amount of bunkers, four to five of them, uh, that we have approved by Tyler. And then the biggest thing that we've been working on this week is our green expansions, or at least the tie-in work. And Tyler will talk about that a little bit. Um, but inevitably, we have these areas around the greens that we've got to fix where they have these weird hinge points or dip down, dip up, or where we need to meet grades. So we have to work back, tie those in, and we're going to try to finish the rest of the greens that we've got, the four that we're working on, 18, 1, 3, and 4, so that hopefully by Saturday we're able to you know, by Saturday, be able to strip 2 and 17 and have those expansions completed. But otherwise, um, got mainline in on the west side, and then we are live with that now. Okay. So our, our abilities now just move side, and we have the greens loops in on all those greens, and so we are in a position to start moving side, so that's good. Okay, so mainline of the irrigation is ready to go on par on a very small portion. Yeah, no, of I, course. Even even the pump station, everything's ready to go. We just need okay. the electricians in uh, Mid America to make our power drop, and then we'll be fully functioning. Okay, so and that was one thing that we um, we've thought about for a few years now is that new uh, tap in that new pump station location. And so everything went smoothly with that. Yeah, really easy. I mean, um, we had surveyed everything and we just right. knew how to tie in. And so, I mean, halfway through the day yesterday, we could have been completed. They just need another um, clamp in order to finish that off. But otherwise, we have our Z-pipe going out to the new system from the other side. We just have to finish okay. our connection into the city main today. Okay. So when do we start, uh, when we're, are we able to start putting down seed? Ideally, we're looking at sometime next week. We just have to see what this weather does and then um, you know, get everything tested, just some light adjustments and fixing some areas. But we should be in a position where we're at least seeding number three next week. Yeah, and weather's been on our side so far. So far. I, mean, I had to say it, didn't I? Knock on wood. By the way, this table is really sturdy today. We got a, a different table, right? Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> okay, good. No more, no more dinging. Sorry to everybody out there. We get a lot of comments on that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for the week update and um, moving forward. So today we have uh, golf course architect Tyler Ray here with us. Tyler, thank you for joining us today. Um, Tyler is just a little bit about and introduce you. Um, prior to opening your own firm, uh, you worked with uh, noted golf course architect, uh, Golden Age restoration expert Ron Pritchard for eight years, um, in the design office with golf architect Keith Foster for three years as well as out in the field with Corn Crenshaw. You did work with Doak. Um, you, now you've built your own design firm, uh, a whole crew of associates with you. Uh, congratulations on that. It's amazing. Um, and you have a portfolio, including Detroit Golf Club, Lookout Mountain, Beverly, Mountain Lake, uh, of course, Cedar Rapids, the list goes on. So we are glad to have you here. Welcome Thank to Wakanda. You. Thank you, yeah, happy to be here. So that's a, you have a notable list and a, and a notable career. Um, so why Wakanda? What, what intrigued you about coming to Wakanda Club? It, uh, you know, anywhere with really great land and history and, and great bones uh, always would, you know, would uh, intrigue us and pique our interest. So I kind of try to search out everything, you know, across uh, not just America, but really in the world, you know, for great, fun, cool, interesting architecture, golf architecture. And, um, you know, I read, I think it was when I first heard about Wakanda, I was thinking about this last night, in Tom Doak's Confidential <laughs> Guide, I think from 90, had to be from the 90s, 96, 95. I don't know when his first edition came out, but I read it, and I remember it was in his... 
top 10 list of, I think, courses that needed to be renovated or what they could be if mm-hmm. they were renovated or restored. And I think Wakanda was in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember reading that and saying, oh, okay, Des Moines, Iowa. That's uh, something. You know, so it was on one of my lists or one of my maps to come visit. And then when I first went to Cedar Rapids, probably in 2010, maybe 2009. I'm not sure when our first visit was. Um, we started working with Tom Feller and Tommy Feller there. I know Tommy had a stint here for a couple years mm-hmm. um, working on the maintenance maintenance team. But um, I came over when we started doing work there, probably 2011, and I just drove over. The ironic, ironic part about it all is there used to be two direct flights to Philadelphia from Des Moines. So when I was working at Cedar Rapids, I would drive you know, the hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is, yeah. to here, and then fly home. Mm-hmm. And so it was so I would drive right by Wakanda Club. I oh, am. man, I, gotta, I need to see that. So one of the trips, I either came a little early or... Flew in early. I can't remember what I did, but I stopped in and stopped at the shop, said hi. Um, the prior superintendent was really nice. I talked to him, and I just walked the course, you know, early one morning or late one afternoon, and I was absolutely shocked. I mean, blown away, you know, of course, with the land and the layout and the bones, the bunkers that were sitting in the woods, mm-hmm. per se, you know, because if this was 13 years ago or 12 years ago, you know, hole number six, I remember that the bunker right in the woods and you know some of these things that were just sitting out there like eight and ten mm-hmm. you know it's like oh my gosh look at all these oaks that are almost in the bunkers and look at the fairways where they could be and so even then you could kind of see it um, but that was my first kind of introduction to Wakanda and hearing about it and and uh, and then I I remember the years I would come back to Cedar Rapids every fall and build a couple greens or a lot of bunkers. You know, we, we did that in phases over right. four or five years, and I'd always make it a point to come here at least twice a season. Uh, so by the time you guys called in 2019, I want to say, or 2020, I can't remember when we when we first started talking, but uh, I'd probably seen the course six or seven times, so I was very familiar with it. Yes, yeah. I remember that first time we walked, it was in uh, November, November yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we walked the whole course with you. <laughs> you yeah. spent a lot of time, yeah. and you were extremely familiar yeah. uh, with Wakanda. Um, and that's kind of what got us dreaming and, and starting this process. Um, so after that, you know, you're familiar with the course, uh, excited about it. Um, what did you see as the probably the biggest opportunities here that you wanted to address? You know, it sounds. It probably sounds controversial, but tree removal, you know, tree management. I hate the word removal because it's such a negative connotation. Uh, So I like tree management a little better because we are replanting, you know. uh, Some people may not think we are, but we are going to replant, you know, um, areas of the golf course um, that are detreed or where there's lesser quality specimen. But but really opening up the land because the land is the star. I mean, I can't talk about that enough. Uh, we have we have kind of this lidar data that I show sometimes of the property, and it's a heat map showing the the ridges and the contours and the valleys, and it is striking to look at the 3D kind of lidar data because mm-hmm. the land just jumps off the page, and it's one of my favorite kind of photos of the golf course because uh, it shows these kind of two or three main ridges and valleys mm-hmm. going you know through the golf course, and the way the golf course was routed. You know, down the valleys like number one, and then up and over the ridges like number three. Mm-hmm. So you don't just play a lot of golf courses. You play down the valleys, and it's all valley golf or all ridge golf. But here, the routing's so phenomenal with three and six, how they go up and over the ridges, mm-hmm. kind of like humpbacks or mm-hmm. roller coaster golf. Mm-hmm. You know, and then eight and ten kind of play down a valley and up and around a valley, and, and it's just phenomenal. You know, the routing is is so unique. Um, and every hole is different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the thing, the overriding factor, getting back to it, is uh, the one thing that I saw right off the back that could open it up and expose that star uh, of the topography was true removal, opening up the corridors, letting the course breathe, getting sight lines so you can see other golf holes, mm-hmm. players in other golf holes, see your friends out there, um, you know, and then expose some of these grand, you know, vistas. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were walking and you talked a lot about um, protecting par around the greens. 
um, too is, is something that you saw that we kind of got lost in with the, the fairways being a little tighter and with the trees being kind of getting overgrown. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and what you saw the opportunities there. Mm-hmm. No, I feel pretty strongly about that. And that was, I was kind of trained in that kind of thought process with Ron Pritchard and Keith Foster and Doak and Corn Crenshaw where, you know, say if you have a par 72 golf course and you shoot par that day, say you're a great player and you have 36 putts if you hit every green in regulation. I mean, that's half your strokes are on the green or around the green. And mm-hmm. then think about your approach shots too. So really, you know, um, you know, maybe 70% of your shots are at the green or on the green, even par threes, you're hitting at the green, you know, with your first shot. So mm-hmm. yeah, there are 14 tee balls out there, you know, tee shots if it's, uh, if there are four par threes, um, so really the, the crux of the game, in my opinion, is uh, the approach out into the greens and then the green, you know, the putting surfaces and the greens. Uh, you know, like Ross would always say, there's almost two games in one where there's the long game, but then the game once you get on mm-hmm. the putting surface, you know, is a whole entirely new game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why really good putters in this game really do well. You know, like the PJ Tour and PJ Tour champions, the winner usually that week is the best putter that mm-hmm. week. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, who can get it in the hole? So I think defending par at the green or with the approach shot is very valuable. And I think golf from probably the dark ages, I want to call Great Depression onward, from 30, 1930 onward, we kind of got lost in that. Mm-hmm. And we started defending par off the tee or thinking that was a big thing. So we... You know, fairway corridors became truncated, trees grew up, irrigation systems became, you know, um, common at golf courses, you know, because it used to just be like one uh, galvanized steel main line going down the golf hole, maybe only like a two inch or one, you know, one and a half inch line. And the greens were sort of irrigated and maybe the tees, but the fairways weren't. And then we sort of started adding automated irrigation, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then everything kind of grew in and we became this one dimensional tight narrow golf course here and it was very common i mean every golf course in america did that Mm -hmm. and then it was a one-dimensional game off the tee who could hit it the straightest and then who could hit it the closest all the green shrunk the hazard shrunk the bunker shrunk so it became a very boring golf Mm -hmm. game you know Mm -hmm. and uh, like when we had the 63 amateur you know it must have been a very tight boring golf course and dean demon you know the straightest hitter Mm-hmm. Didn't hit it that long, but he, he prevailed because he's probably the straightest hitter that week. Mm-hmm. You know? So so now we want it to be more open, more fun, more engaging off the tee, more angles, you know, not defend par off the tee. Like I want guys to spray it, you know, guys and gals to spray it, go find it, hit it again, not look for golf balls all day. You know, that is an arduous task. When you <laughs> get to hole 15 and 16, 17, you're just looking for golf balls. That I call it the bane of golf, mm-hmm. looking for golf balls. So we want to speed up play, have a little more fun, get it out there, hit it up to the green. But the greens will have a little more character, especially the five we're rebuilding. Because you think about the four or five best here, you know, probably six is on my list. And, you know, 10, 6, 10, 11, uh, 14, you know, those are some of the best existing greens, you know, one four I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if those six greens are the best, we're going to try to fix up the other five that we're going to rebuild, you know, two, 17, 15, um, five, five, five mm-hmm. and nine. So we're going to try to fix those up and have them fill, fill the gaps. So then we have a great canvas of greens, mm-hmm. you know, one to 18. We're also just continue the theme too, because throughout the years, obviously those got rebuilt and they don't really even match the character of the golf course. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to, those are USGA greens, and we're trying to get back. There's a whole different story with those two. Well. You know, <laughs> yeah. like the, uh, the the agronomic, you know, profile. Of those those greens don't match either. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot long list of why we're trying to yeah. rework those. Yeah, you know. and we've talked about that at length too with with Dane and here and just thing. the difference. consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So every putt's consistent, and then Dane can we set him up for success, so right. he can maintain them consistently. As right. Well. So. You did a lot of research, obviously, for this project on, on Langford architecture in particular. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, your process of how you do that. What, what do you do? How you go about that and um, and what you found? Yeah, it, uh, great question. It, uh, 
every course is different, every property is different, every client's different. That's probably my favorite part okay. of uh, my business is every city. You know, I was thinking about it driving in this morning, the history of Des Moines. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just love uh, going to every every different uh, locality uh, and immersing ourselves in, in that locality, the members, getting to know members and the staff and everybody. But I think the thing that we study or, you know, what makes this different, uh, what did we do coming up to, you know, to Wakanda? We had never worked really on a Langford and Moreau. I mean, we worked at Skokie and that was nine, you know, eight holes of Langford. And so we were familiar with Langford and Moreau. Um, we've done study tours before and the architecture so bold that we had been to Lawsonia and Culver and Kankakee Elks and all the best ones, you know, probably 30 of them or so. I know there's about 70 uh, existing. We've probably seen 45 of them now. We still have some really random ones off the beaten <laughs> track that are really hard to get to that we want to see. But the, the best of the best that's out there we've seen. But leading up to this project, you know, we'll do, we do deep, deep dives into the history. So we produce these uh, restorative master plan hole-by-hole booklets, which I think have transformed our company where we used to just provide a master plan and it was the big plan on the wall. And I mean, up until 2016, that was our bread and butter, but we always got the same questions. You know, nobody really understood what we were doing. It was hard to discern, you know, what are you doing on hole 14? Are we, are we blowing that green up or not? I mean, people just couldn't understand what was really Mm -hmm. going on. So it was a light bulb moment. And so 2016, 2017, we started breaking all the holes out, creating this magazine style booklet but it also made us work a little harder because it said, boy, we have to not just provide the holes broken out. We have to write about these holes mm-hmm. and give a kind of dissertation of, to the why. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, this is why we're doing this. And then we pretty much should show a historical section, you know, and an yeah. evolution of the golf course. So it evolved and we started doing... 3D renderings and the beautiful hole layouts and then we started doing the A, B, C, D, E, F, G with the, you know, with the write-ups and then the yardages and then the evolution of the golf course. We started doing these 10-page kind of um, introduction, you know, uh, sections Mm -hmm. and uh, I thought it was probably the best thing for us uh, because it made us work harder and then learn more about the course and the area and the architect, Mm -hmm. you know, the architect of record who was Langford, you know, Bill Langford. Uh, So now we create these for every client and it's everybody's favorite, you know, piece of, uh, I guess, um, you know, of of the master plan of Mm -hmm. our deliverables. And uh, I wouldn't do any restoration now without it because it makes us really delve into the history, into the architect, into the property into what happened mm-hmm. you know because we had to go back to 1920 1918 and figure out okay what was built what did Langford design luckily we had the Langford plan which is very rare I mean there's only five or ten of them I think mm-hmm. I think we went yeah, maybe eight to ten I know Dan Moore has keeps finding them but that is super rare so that's a great roadmap. Mm-hmm. then we look at what was built because that's always different than what was planned mm-hmm. you know then money coming to the equation all that then we look at what happened after 1930, you know, because obviously everything changed after the Great Depression. You had gas rationing in the mm-hmm. 30s. Low, you know, two or three guys on the labor crew, on the maintenance staff, on Dane's crew. Um, nobody really playing golf. All the males were then going to the war. Mm-hmm. Just uh, these things went to the dark ages, and a lot of clubs obviously didn't survive. Right. So we were lucky to survive. Then the clubhouse burns down. So obviously uh, so many things transpire. And then yeah. we get to, you know, 2020 when we talk or 2019 and it's 100 years later and we have to kind of peel back the layers and figure out what happened, why did it happen, what can we do to restore the greatest, where was Wakanda the best, you know, like what, what's the greatest version of Wakanda? And sometimes it's different at every club. Mm-hmm. So then we have to kind of tailor the master plan to Wakanda and the club. So it's a very lengthy process, and it takes process. six months mm-hmm. yeah. you know, usually you yeah. know, from the time we're hired till the time we deliver the master plan and the whole-by-whole booklet. But it's an intense six months where we meet every month, you know, five, six, seven times, and uh, it's great. Yeah, that plan was very powerful for our membership. Yeah. Um, so I can say that, you know, from our experience, that was uh, 
impactful and and useful to have and i think the history behind it the why and like you said kind of the timeline of it it um truly it helped uh us to explain and to give that why behind it to our members too so very very impressive work with that master plan booklet well the other thing too is i mean kind of like we talked about in the past too where these plans they're not necessarily as linear as if you're building a building or something like that right so there is this the reality of in the field and then kind of visualizing and making those changes based on what was actually there or was intended to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. A lot of decisions. You know, we used to, or not used to, but we kind of say there's 44 decisions each day we make. And we, not that's not Dane, that's not the golf contractor, that's Tyler Ray or Jim Ryan. When we come on site from whatever time we get there to whatever time we leave, you know, there's 44 decisions a day, pretty much. I mean, that's kind of just a, a yeah. thing we say. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, sometimes you have 60 decisions in a day, sometimes you have yeah. 20. But, it, you know, it's uh, it's an intense amount. of. So yesterday we made 44 decisions. Today we will make 44 decisions yeah. out there. That will change the outcome of, right. you know, the golf course. I right. mean, even as it stands right now, I know we've got some rain, you know, coming in, but contractors you haven't even gotten here i think i've already made 10 to 15 right, <laughs> right. yeah so if i'm making 44 i know dane's making yeah. at least that so. exactly uh, but that's how it works and uh and just to finish off real quick on that question too um i talked about the process and all that and how we, you know how we got to where we are and but the last year has been really fun too we've gone back and done multiple study tours myself and jim ryan my uh, lead design associate We've gone to Culver three times in the last 18 months. We've gone to Lawsonia Links uh, four times. I was just there last month again, taking a lot of photos, sketching, drawing, trying to really take in again the scale, the bunkers, you know, the edges of the bunkers, the horizon lines, the things that we normally see from Langford. We're just trying to really like soak in. We were trying to be sponges in the last year. So mm-hmm. that's the last thing we do before we break ground. I did that with Lookout Mountain and Rainer. I mean, I went everywhere. Fisher's Island, you know, Chicago golf. I mean, everywhere multiple times. It's not just, oh, you go to Chicago golf, you never go back. Mm-hmm. Or you go to National Golf Links, and you, oh, I've seen it. The thing is going back multiple times. So the superintendents at those clubs kind of get, you know, like annoyed, like, oh, you're here again. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so Culver was great. I was just, yeah, there a couple of weeks ago again. And it's like you see something new every time. And you see, oh, look at that green. Oh, look at that corner of the green. Look at how he was tying that out. Look at the depth of that bunker. That's the thing, you know, with Langford. It's always like you, you tell these guys to shape something here, and it's like one more foot, one more foot deeper, you know, <laughs> with the bunkers because you're always shocked at the scale. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I just wanted to leave off with that question. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, William Langford's the – course architect the original course designer and theodore moreau so what what was there what was moreau's involvement you did you look into that at all and was he involved in all of linkford's projects or you know how was that relationship oh my that is such a good question Rianne. Uh, <laughs> i could keep going i've already been pretty long-winded on these first couple questions but you know um so langford plays golf at yale they won three national titles He's a great player. Uh, you know, he, he grew up uh, in the Chicago land area. He, um, you know, he starts, he goes back to Chicago. He doesn't really know what he wants to do. Um, I think he's a civil engineer. You know, he wants, I think he starts working on building stuff like, you know, like, like buildings. And I think, you know, what typical civil engineers do. And yeah. I think he hates it. You know, it's a maybe 18 month stint, probably around 19. 12, 13, 14. So then it gets to, I want to say 13 or 14, and Dan Moore can probably correct me on this, but I've read so many different accounts. But I, I think he then just says, you know what? He's a great player. He's playing in tournaments. And at that time, if you were a great player, you were kind of an authoritative figure. And so I think with his background at Yale and winning these national titles, I think he was super connected. And he said, you know what? I'm going to give golf a shot. Um, so he was hired. I know he worked at Indian Hill. In the teens, you know, um, in the 19, you know, 19, 14, 15, 16, Indian Hill um, in Chicago. And then he works at Westmoreland and a plethora of Chicago district golf courses. And then he writes a series of essays on golf architecture. Um, 
So this is all probably six years before he meets Theodore Moreau. I want to say in 1919, maybe 1918, he meets Theodore Moreau um, because he's working for the American Park Builders as a landscape architect and engineer, as a, as a constructor. So he doesn't really meet him. The only way he meets him is he starts working with American Park Builders, Langford does, because they start building some of his stuff mm. and helping him with construction out in the field. Mm -hmm. And then he meets... Uh, Theodore Moreau, who's a great golfer as well, and I think they became golfing buddies because I know he had a pretty good golfing background too. I know Dan Moore mentioned some of, uh, you know, Moreau winning some, you know, club championships, stuff like that. So I think they became golf buddies. They started working together at the American Park Builders, who was the big contractor, kind of like the Wadsworth here mm -hmm. for us. Um, and then they team up probably from about 20, 1920 onward. We start seeing Theodore Moreau's name on the plans with Langford. And that's when we see Langford's architecture also take an incredibly great turn for the better. You know, uh, bold, deep, scale. So then when we get to like 1922, our work here in 1921, he was doing Wakanda here and then Ozaki in Wisconsin. Same time frame. And that's pretty much, I see a lot of similarities at Ozaki. I was just there again like three weeks ago for um, my college uh, the superintendent went to college with me at Kentucky, so uh, I've I've knocked on Brett's door a lot and bugged him a lot. But not until this last visit did I realize they are identical. Wakanda and Ozaki, literally same year, same identical nature, where there's like six incredible greens. A lot of bunkers, but not all of them. It's not like all 18 are spectacular like Lawsonia or Culver or, hmm. you know, the best of the best. It wasn't until like 25 or 6 when Langford hit that full stride, and that's when everything was wild, deep, scale, perfect. Mm -hmm. It's like 22, he was still finding his way. Mm -hmm. So what I see at Wakanda and Ozaki, it was, it was like the light bulb for me. It was incredible. It was so great for my visit. Hmm. It was like, I was the happiest day of the year for me because I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, other than I your children being Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, my children were lucky <laughs> there prior years, but happiest year, yeah, day of 23. Year. Okay. Because uh, I was like shocked that I never, you know, maybe nobody else picked that up. Mm -hmm. You know, even Dan Moore probably didn't pick that up. So it was something that I took home from that visit. And I was like, oh my gosh, I see that these two are starting to work together and they weren't perfecting their craft yet. But boy, you can see where they got. So I love creating these timelines of, you know, when, you know, he was, he was at Yale like 1898, 99, 1901 time frame, you know, early 1900s. And then it took him until probably 24 or 5 until he was really on top of his game yeah you know 20 some years so how did that change what you were doing here then did you i mean did you you know kind of seeing that did you change plans at all um, change course at all well, or did you, you know i just yeah it, it creates it creates some questions because it says well shoot am i gonna take the best of langford from what i see at los right. and culver and am i gonna and kankakee kankakee is really special uh that's probably it doesn't get the love, but I think after our visits all again, Kankakee Elks and south of Chicago, it it's right there with those two. Those three are the pedestal of Langford and Moreau. So really it's, you know, Langford, uh, Lawsonia Lynx, Culver, and then Kankakee Elks, those three are the three crown jewels if you want to see great Langford. But um, I don't know, you know, it made me think like, well, do I restore it to like the 26 Langford right. like when he was like on top of his game or do I restore it to like his finding his, you know, flow mm -hmm. 21, 22. So to us, it's like, this is our one shot. I think we got to go with the greatest, you know, of mm -hmm. what he was producing. Like mm -hmm. what would Langford do if he came back? Right. Mm -hmm. So right. clubs ask me that all the time, like at Ross courses and, and same thing. I just did at lookout mountain where I think it's probably the best work of my career. You know, uh, so far, so far, yeah. Maybe before here, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, they said the same thing. They said, "Give us your best. Give us Rainer's best," because they had the master yeah. plan as well. And they said, "We don't care, you know, what Rainer was doing at that time." Luckily, it was at his peak. That was 1925, right before he passed away in 26. So we could hit his peak because he was building Fisher's Island. He had just finished Chicago Golf, yeah, all that. So luckily, he was at his peak, so we could. Uh, honestly take that back but here you know it's uh i think we're still going to strive for the 
fun boldness, the the scale, and the best of Langford. Because I think it would be a disservice to the club if we didn't shoot for the stars. Yeah. At the same time, too, I think um, if you really think about it, like that plan, even the one your plan, the plan that we look at, like his best is represented mm-hmm. on there, right? Mm-hmm. It just depends on how much of that they actually built. Right. You know. Yeah. That's exactly right. The plan is off the charts. It's just as good as anything at twenty six or seven or eight. Mm-hmm. So the plan is probably. Like Jim Ryan, my uh, you know uh, our our associate who's out here a lot, he thinks it's the best plan that's around from them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's colorized, it's beautiful, it's sexy. You know, some of these other ones are just black and white, and there's a lot going on you really can't discern. Yeah. So this is you know, hanging in a clubhouse. It's gorgeous, mm-hmm. which it's you know it is. Mm-hmm. down here coming down the hallway uh, in the clubhouse. But uh, so anyway, long story short, though. Uh, lot to take in there. I know I went into a lot of things. <laughs> no, that's we, interesting. We had. Uh, in May, right before the Principal Charity Classic, um, John Griffin, who runs the Langford Moreau Twitter account, mm-hmm. big historian, and Henry Moreau, who's um, Theodore Moreau's grandson, played here. Mm-hmm. And it was a treat for them, obviously, for Henry to come back and see some place that his grandfather was. But he told a story about Ozaki, that his grandfather, um, Theodore Moreau, kind of was the shaper and builder out there, but his grandmother was the architect of the clubhouse at Ozaki. Oh, how cool is that? And so that's where they met, and uh, mm. what a legacy there. Not hmm. bad. Neat little story. Yeah. 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 So talking about the master plan and, and trying to, do, you know, give Langford's best here at Wakanda, which I love that um, that phrase, um, what, I mean, obviously modernizations had to be made. So what, uh, walk us through maybe a few of those, you know, tweaks that you made to the master plan to, to also make it a modern golf course. Right, uh, probably making it a little more playable. You know, some of these landforms, obviously the land we've talked about is the star, and we, you know, talk about that every time I talk about Wakanda. But um, we had to, you know, we're having to fill in some lows. You know, uh, some of these lows, like on number four, number mm-hmm. six, they're all the balls congregate in one spot. They all f- funnel to the same spots, and so the playability. I hate that word playability because it's so it's open-ended it mm-hmm. doesn't really have a term you know or a definition but um we wanted to make it a little more uh i guess interesting a little more fun a little more player user friendly so some of these modernizations would be um filling in some of the lows mm-hmm. you know so balls scatter a little bit so it's not you're hitting out of this supreme deep valley on six with a terribly blind shot to an incredible green mm-hmm. on six you know same thing with four one of my favorite mm-hmm. greens out there where you can funnel it in on the left but you really can't see anything down there in the same very steep low mm-hmm. so we're feeling four or five six feet in some of those lows to really help the ball scatter um, and then give you a little better look you know at everything mm-hmm. six will be transformational i think uh, mm-hmm. that'll be great four is already transformational you know, and then uh, what else? Probably, you know, modernization in tees, you yeah. know, getting tees more forward uh, and then pulling them back. We call it the elasticity of tees, the rubber band effect, stretching courses further back as far as you can and then mm-hmm. uh, pushing them more forward. The USGA recommends 4,800 to 5,200 yards. So we're trying to hit, you know, that kind of bandwidth, that mm-hmm. goal. Um, yeah. You know, what else? Uh, probably technologies and drainage, you know, modern technologies. Uh, you know, we're adding what we call slit drainage, two-inch slit drainage, which I think is the greatest invention in golf <laughs> maybe ever, you know, because it takes pea gravel out of the equation. And pea gravel, I've always told everybody, uh, how do you make concrete? Well, you have gravel, water, and sand. <laughs> Why are we putting that in trenches? <laughs> because after 10 or 15 years, it locks up. I dig in so many bunkers. You know, we probably built 700 bunkers last year. And you dig into a bunker with a bulldozer or excavator, and the pipe is fully clean fully clean like you can pull the pipe out Mm. and reuse it but it's the gravel around it that has created become cement it has become cement or concrete (laughs) so it's unbelievable and so water can't then penetrate that concrete Mm -hmm. you know the gravel because sand migrates down into the gravel then the water locks all it up and it just becomes literally solidified around the pipe so we see so much drainage that's good but it's the stuff around it so slit drainage now is they're micro slits and they're back filled with root zone or sand, um, but no gravel, no pea gravel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we still have some stuff out here where there's pea gravel and there's four inch perforated with some gravel. Um, 
like in bunkers, mm-hmm. but we're going to have a liner that prevents the sand from migrating into the gravel so the gravel stays clean. Mm-hmm. It's all about if you do do four inch you know, perforated with gravel, you have to keep the gravel clean and separated. Mm-hmm. That's why liners are becoming, you know, or have become so big in the last 10 years because they keep the drainage clean. So. What other modern technology are you using now or that you're seeing um, come out that, that you're using or anything that you're excited about? Anything else that, that kind of on the horizon? You know, laser leveling tees I think is very cool. Um, you know, we have the technology now to GPS scan everything mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and laser physically with a, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a small implement that they put on the front of a skid steer or, or kind of a sand pro, sand pro yeah. yeah and they will physically laser it like a tabletop and the tees are so pretty and perfect they're you know uh, me growing up a lot of i grew up public golf and 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 then transferred into country clubs later on in life but i mean it's so hard even at country clubs to find level tees mm-hmm. or, or tees that aren't you know fully mm-hmm. crowned especially on part threes oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and getting a nice level lie i mean it's uh, my club redid all we, we just went through a restoration this past year and the number one thing that the membership we always talk about uh, or the feedback this spring has been okay wow it's pretty look at the bunkers that's great but the tees are phenomenal yeah. <laughs> you know, they drain the turf's phenomenal mm-hmm. and they're level and so i think everybody it's kind of funny you come into the clubhouse and they're like how about those tees you know so i think the i think the so did you do the work on your I did not. No, okay. no. I don't like, I don't want to work in my club. I, I like yeah. to show up, put the phone, leave Smart. the phone in the truck. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of questions anyway, but no, I don't want to work, you know, where I work, where I play. But, mm-hmm. um, but T modernization, I think that's really huh. cool. Well, it's funny you talk about that because there's also a school of thought that T should be irregular and just fit into the land wherever. Doak's mm-hmm. building, um, or I'm sorry, Gil Hans built. Uh, the PGA Frisco course, right? The host of the P- senior PGA, and those are very unlevel. And that's some of the feedback we heard. We had the Champions Tour right after they played the senior PGA, and so mm-hmm. that's a very diverging thought. Yeah, two different. I mean, you can you can build courses with natural tees, and I've done it, you know, at many different places. But uh, you know, I think um, I don't know. I, I, that's a great question. I mean, how do you? What's the stance on that? It's like. Kind of what kind of golf course are you building? Yeah, right? yeah. The classic, I think, golden age stuff. Though you see all these tees, they they were built pretty darn flat. Yeah, you mm. know, and uh, so. And truly, as a player, Aaron, what would you prefer? Flat, right? All day, yeah. right? That's the only eighteen flat shots you'll have out here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Other than the range, but yeah. yeah. No, absolutely flat. Um, yeah, they talked about the first tee at, at Frisco was a very much downhill lie on a par five. The only way you could play that, they said, was a sliding cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rather not build yeah. controversial. Yeah, no, it's and, and that's and yeah. I think the idea was that's a very natural, open, ranch-style golf course, sure. and, mm-hmm. and so that's yeah. different than we have. Right. I, right. I'm thankful for laser leveling. Yeah, the game. <laughs> I mean, look, the game is so hard. Yeah, I think it's the hardest game in the world. Yeah. You know, and and we watched the All Star game last night, and baseball's tough too. These, I think, the two hardest sports are baseball and golf, but. Uh, you know, with golf, it's like, it's already slow. You know, it's already, we're trying to fix that. We're trying to open up, like we talked about the corridors. I mean, why can't we set these guys up and gals up for success off the tee? Mm-hmm. Nice legs or level tees, get them out. And again, defend par. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, again. So. What about the GPS scanning that we're doing, like on uh, Nine Green? Yeah, that's also modern technology. It's really helping us. Um, you know, we want to take the left nine, which is the original nine, which has a lot of character. I mean, it doesn't look like it from 20 yards away, but there's a beautiful bump, middle right, and then some, you know, back kind of waves, and uh, the water kind of goes off middle left and front front middle. And so we're going to take that green, pretty much GPS scan it, slide it over to the current nine uh, location, shorten it a little bit, um, and inject a little bit of flavor because it's a little insipid in one or two spots, mm-hmm. but just to get the water off. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, uh, we've been doing that at a lot of places where we love greens. If we see greens that are phenomenal, like some of your greens that we're going to rebuild, you know, at 17 or 2 or 15 or, or 5, uh, we're kind of riffing off takes from Lawsonia and West Bend and some of the best stuff mm-hmm. we've seen from Langford. We're kind of taking bits and pieces um, and maybe... You know, using not templates or 
but we're going to use some greens that we think are some of the best we've seen from their portfolio mm-hmm. as kind of things that fit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going to be Tyler Ray greens. They're going to be very reminiscent of greens you'll see at Lawsonia, Culver, uh, West Bend, Ozaki. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything on the course that is a, a Tyler Ray thing? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I was, we were just looking at one yesterday uh, leading up to 15 green. Um, there's a bunker about 50 yards short of the green on the right. I don't know if it's going to make the cut because I don't like it so much right now, but it's not original. So it's not on the old Blackford okay. plan. So I talked to Dan Moore and you know Dane and Kwai from Wadsworth yesterday about maybe moving that up or maybe deleting it. Um, but right now we've shaped it and just don't know who it really affects. It really probably affects a higher handicapper or lower ball flight player or mm-hmm. a player that's running the ball. It's not going to affect anybody under a 10 handicap and you know not come and play for the PCC and so I just don't know about it. So that's one of the things that might not make the cut. So that's something you added. Something I added, and now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, no wonder it's a Tyler Wright thing. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's not a Langford thing. Because you're always shocked at when you go back and you put back things that were on the plan from yeah. Langford, and you're like, oh, does that fit like a glove? Yeah. You know, how great is that? It's always shocking how cool it is. Uh-huh. And you're like, wow. And then if sometimes we try to push for things sometimes – or if you try too hard, just like in life, mm-hmm. if you try too hard and it kind of comes back at you, mm-hmm. maybe I'm trying too hard in that circumstance. Uh, you know, but then to defend us a little bit, you know, we have added the bunker on 18, and I think it might be the best thing we add in mm-hmm. the whole project. So, yeah, I'm maybe not happy with 15. It might not make the cut, but I think 18, the fairway bunker we've put in there, might be the best thing we do. So there's some give and take, yeah. but there's really only three or four things probably that – I am doing out here that are different from the plan. Um, I tried to be 100% restorative. Yeah. The bunker on 18 is gaining a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good exactly. word for it. Until they, attention. <laughs> Until they see 16. Right. Right. That'll yeah. deflect a little bit of the attention. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, it's, look, we wanted it to be one of the best holes. 18, you know, be one of the best finishers in golf, especially in Iowa, Midwest. We wanted people to talk about it. We always felt like people played Wakanda and they're like, oh, 17 great holes and 18 is such a downer. You know, what a, eh. Like Cypress Point, you go there and everybody always talks about, oh, like 17 incredible holes and then you play 18 and it's a joke. Mm. It's what you hear about Cypress Point every time. The green's 12%, dog leg right, there's all these trees. It leaves you with a really poor taste in your mouth. And that's mm-hmm. why Cypress probably is the second ranked course in the world instead of number one. <laughs> so I felt like, yeah, it was just a little underwhelming. And for the scale of the property and the boldness of the plan and how great it could be why not end on a wow and like holy smokes because it had everything but a fairway bunker you know it had the crown fairway and it was running running the spine and it had the dome in the green and and the plan with the big greenside bunker and mm-hmm. the, the grandeur was there but it was just lacking off the tee mm-hmm. and especially uh i think if we shift the tees how i think we're gonna you know edit the tees and build it to plan i think it will be one of the best you know par fours out there uh, especially if you go back towards five in the future where we're going to give you some options where you can jog back and really play it at like 400. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be off the charts, you know, up there with Davenport's finisher, which I think is one of the best mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Iowa. Mm-hmm. And the Harvester. You know, Harvester is really great 18th and Davenport. Those mm-hmm. two are really class. What, do you, um, w- what are your goals to see for the outcome of our project here? Yeah, I mean, we always shoot for Golf Digest, you know, I think is the pinnacle Golf Digest renovation, restoration of the year, you know, because that publication probably gets the most eyes. So that would be, you know, I know we're in the running at Lookout Mountain, and, and we're hopeful we get that this year, and it would be cool to get Wakanda, yeah. you know, really get in a, a great run here of, of big restorations, especially with Detroit Golf, you know, coming up. And so I would love to see that, you know, uh, getting back up into Iowa top, you know, number one, you know, mm-hmm. if not right there with the Harvester and, and Davenport. I think those two are head and heels above everybody, you know, and Cedar Rapids is great. The the trees really hurt, you know, the derecho really mm-hmm. crushed that and, uh, but great property there. So all, all four of those, these courses are right there um, in Iowa. Uh, you know, Golf Magazine, I'm a panelist with them and so I don't want to leave them out, but, you know, if we could get 
maybe in the top 100 in America mm -hmm. is probably the loftiest of lofty goals. But I think if people came out here and they were like, holy smokes, this is the gem in the Midwest, mm -hmm. just the shocker. Because mm -hmm. the land already shocking now, the architecture matches the land. And I think it could be just one of those. I always see courses get higher ranked than they almost should be sometimes when they're shocking. Mm. You know, when they're like, oh, I came out to Iowa and I didn't expect this. Mm -hmm. You know, like Cedar Rapids mm -hmm. got really highly ranked above congressional at one point two years <laughs> ago um, because people came out to Iowa and they were like, wow, Cedar Rapids is Weren't even incredible. expecting, yeah. Yeah, so before the derecho, people were, you know, I got up to 72, I think, in, mm. in the golf week, you know, rankings and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, golf week, golf magazine, golf digest, if we can get somewhere on their radar that'd be great and then the in-state rankings i think we can get right there i mean harvesters put a lot of money into their course davenport yep. put a lot of money into their golf course so if we can get right there and uh i know we were number one at one point yeah. i think in the, in mm -hmm. the you know in the past so mm -hmm. if we yep. can get back to that that'd be great so what does this project mean to you yeah um you know it's uh it's our big one for 2023 so it's meaningful in that category because we've had a lot of projects shift um, with COVID and, you know, Northmore got pushed back. A lot of things are shifting um, with the dynamics. Some clubs are moving up because they have cash flow. Some, move, some are pushing back. And uh, so we had a couple on the docket for 23, and it was going to be a crazy year, but they kind of shifted into 24, 25. One got pushed up into 22. And so it's our major, major job of the year. And it's actually pretty cool because you guys get a lot of our focus or maybe even more than we were planning, which is great. Um, but what does it mean? It means, you know, it's our first big Langford. So that's very special. We want to get this right. I mean, we are looking at every detail, probably even more with a, a discerning microscope than usual. We have Dan Moore involved, who's the Langford historian. He's out here for two days, every two weeks with me. He made a lot of good points yesterday. You know, I don't pretend to know it all. Uh, I've worked for a lot of architects where there's big egos in this game, you know, a lot of big egos. And I just like to check myself when I drive through those gates at Wakanda, or not gates, but drive in the front entrance. I check myself, just say, hey, I'm going to listen, open, not, maybe not listen so much, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear out, you know, everybody today and, and, and filter. You know, my, my, my job is to be the final filter and make the final decisions, but listen take all the things in, what Dan Moore's saying, what Dane's saying, what the contractor's saying, where water's moving, you know, and make those final decisions. But what does it mean to me? Um, I think this is, uh, you know, we love coming here, love staying downtown. Downtown's been shockingly cool and refreshing, and it's a great, beautiful, you know, town in America. Mm -hmm. You know, very, uh, can't wait to bring my wife and family out here and show them Des Moines. But, yeah, we're um, we're hopeful this leads to a lot, a lot more Langford, uh, work in the future there it's really fun to work on because the architecture it's not you know some of these uh, uh rosses and tilling has some are really hard you know shaping wise and there's all these little details and and uh, there's intricate intricate you know little things that you have to hit and sometimes you feel like you're not getting every little morsel but here the scale, it, you can shape everything with a big dozer, mm -hmm. you know, because I think they built everything with That's a huge steam it. shovel. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. big dozer, mm -hmm. big steam shovels. So luckily we can bang everything in with a big dozer, and then it's it's just broad strokes. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's fun. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, and then there's so much sitting here that we're just like, you know, the bunker's on 8, the bunker's on 10, the bunker's on 7, you know, uh, 6. It's so a lot of it. 15, 11, it is incredible you know, the how simply on four. those come to right, life. They right. just, so the simplicity is beautiful mm -hmm. here. So, uh, yeah, so it means a lot to us. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's the big guy. Because uh, 24 and 25, we have, like, three or four of these a year. <laughs> three or four Wakandas a year. So it, it gives me a lot of stress and trepidation. <laughs> so this is, like, the calm before the storm, kind of. You Can know. you share with us anything you're working on in the future? Yeah, so we have... Yeah, Detroit Golf is the monster. You know, uh, 2025, the day after the Rocket Mortgage, yeah. we're going to blow into that. And uh, that'll be an incredible, intense timeline because we're going to blow up every green. And we have to get that all the way turned back for the playing of the Rocket Mortgage in 26. Mm. So, at least we're giving you good practice here. Yeah, we're yeah. good practice here. Cool. Luckily, we only have five new greens right. here. There we have 
20. Jeez. So 20 new greens, and then we have more bunkers. We have 56 bunkers here. Probably have about 110 bunkers there. Wow. You know, so everything's like doubled and magnified there, and the timeline's half, half as long as we have, or maybe, yeah, maybe a, maybe not half, but maybe three three fourths of what we have here because the shorter timeline in Detroit with the growing season. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a little longer time, you know, but I know it does get cold here in the winter. Um, you know, and then we have this club, uh, in Atlanta called Ansley Golf Club, one of the healthiest clubs in America, big players club. Uh, they have past Walker Cuppers and other golf architects who are members there. And so a big time club in Atlanta and they're going to spend uh, a lot of money and, um, redo it, you know, redo the whole thing. They've given me a big leash there. So that's a big one in 24 into 25. And when I say big one, I mean, that that's like, you know, 10 to 12 million. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Detroit, you know, 10 to 12 million. Um, and then uh, what else do we have um, that would be significant? Uh, I have a whole list on my phone, but uh, I can't, it escapes me at the time. Uh, what else do we have? 24. Um, you know, Mountain Lake coming up in the future down in Florida. We're doing the, all the tees there right now. And then we, we're going to do the greens and bunkers in the future there. Um, Oak Park in Chicago, it's an old Ross. Uh, hmm. St. David's in Philadelphia is an old Ross. Um, yeah, a couple more, Braeburn in, in Boston. They have a bunch of USGA events coming up, US Amateur, US uh, Women's Mid-Amateur. Mid-Am. Mid, yeah, mid so that's a big one too. So a couple, couple monsters yeah. looming. Cool. Well, we are certainly excited to have you here at Wakanda and uh, have you leading this charge with us. And uh, I know Dane has appreciated and enjoyed working with you. And uh, we are very excited about the results. This has been, a, I, I don't know if this timeline is normal to, I'm sure it probably is, I, you know, to start talking about it three years in advance and then you actually get kind of broken on ground later and it just seems like all of that is now coming to a culmination and we're just uh we're excited to see the results so far and and excited to see the finished product thank you yeah, yeah. it's been a good process so far and and uh, a couple holes in and we're motoring along and uh, as long as the weather holds out yeah great. you and your team have been nothing but professional and and wonderful to work with so thank you appreciate that and i think uh i think it's time to get, for you guys to get back out there <laughs> yeah get back to work well, hopefully yeah. this will get us off of uh doke's worst deterioration because that's list. that's yeah. the number that's we made yes yeah. thank the worst you deterioration, that, so. that end point on there thank yes. you aaron <laughs> there's our motivation it'll get us off the list yes <laughs>